Welcome into Defeating the Curse. We thought we had defeated this curse with the Caps big win a few months ago. Well, it seems like the curse is alive and well and uh, kicking ass and taking names and destroying all of our dreams as Redskins fans. Before the season even starts, the breaking news this afternoon, Darius Geis out for the season, torn ACL. It's hard to not go crazy and just curse. We'll try to look at this a little objectively. Try. LP, FP, both on the podcast. It's hard to say that the season isn't over. It's hard to say that it is because these are still professionals and there's still a lot of talent in that locker room, guys. But I imagine that the three of us are doing the same thing, and Steve, wherever he is, we're all doing the same thing that every other sports guy in Washington, D.C. is doing and every other sports professional in D.C. is doing, which is talking about the impact of this injury. Was it necessary to get him out there to get some run? I mean, all all the cliche questions about preseason come into full focus here. I'm not really sure where to go except to say that this guy, since he got drafted, has been nothing short of impressive and amazing, both on the on the field and off. And it sucks that we won't get to see him run and play when it matters. Now, there's still some talent on this roster at that position, very little after Chris Thompson. So the next question, really, after we dissect the, the injury, is do they have to go outside the locker room and bring in some talent? So before we get to all that stuff, FP, let's go to you first. DG out for the season. I'm assuming your initial reaction was drive car off road. Uh, yeah. Initially, I wanted to cry, drive my car off the road, and question the football guides as to what we did. To the point where I'm starting to think that there really is a curse associated. Oh, with there our really name. is a curse. There really is. A and curse. no, no, I'm I'm saying like a, a Native American. Oh, like name a, oh, curse. I, like I, it's I see. like I like I have no other logical reason or, or idea as to why this keeps happening to our team over and over and over again. LP sitting there in the corner, either he's scratching a mosquito bite or just going crazy, rocking back and forth because this happens all the time, and I just don't know. I don't know what we did to deserve it. I'm actually just biting my lip because I completely disagree with you guys. Football is a violent sport. Someone tell Teddy Bridgewater that two years ago. I don't Someone wanna, tell I don't Adrian talk to Peterson you. I, that. I don't, can we Football kick him off is a violent sport. I don't want to talk to To say guy. that we're cursed because our running back tore an ACL is just a little bit, uh, a little bit too much for my liking. Of course, this is really bad news. I mean, and anyone who's who's been around for a while can kind of tell you when it's a non-contact injury, like what guys had yesterday. Um, those are usually the best. It wasn't non-contact. He was tackled and fell funny. Oh, it was non contact Nothing hit his knee to make it hurt. The ground, the ground, the way he hit the ground. It doesn't matter. Who cares? He's not going to carry the ball for the Redskins in the 2018, 2019 season. And that is a big deal so lp can do his lipstick uh dance and it's gonna be okay and blah 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 this is a big deal and this injury is gonna set them back a, a lot. i mean fp am i am i wrong here i mean lp is uh, usually he's the the the, the doom and gloom guy I, i'm surprised that he's all you know uh everything's gonna be okay it's, this is a this is a funny. huge it's, deal this is not gonna be okay I, i'm not saying that this is gonna be okay <laughs> But what I'm saying is that, you know, 
S happens, right? And this is just one of those things. <laughs> I texted FP earlier this, this morning and said, I have zero confidence in both Fat Rob and Samaj P. Ryan. Um, so to know that those are going to be the, you know, two and three or one and three, whatever they are on the depth chart is very concerning. But I do like what I saw out of Byron Marshall yesterday, and I do like what I saw out of Capri Bibbs yesterday. Oh, oh I, you like uh, it so much that they're going to carry no, the ball I mean, uh, 15 times a game each? Or, or either no, one, I like one of them? No, I like so much where they're going to be play a backup role to Chris Thompson. And I, we listen, already learned listen, this lesson with, with great, Chris Thompson, right? You can't go three downs. You can't. As, right. as great as those guys were, as great as those guys were, just the flash that you saw from Darius Geis on the actual run that injured him with the spin move and the stiff arm and the anger. That's the first time I've seen an angry Redskins running back. He was literally the answer we've been looking for at running back for how many seasons? This was and supposed to be the season we, of we Barkley versus Geis versus yeah. Zeke, right? And for, and it's over. We don't uh, even get, we don't even get one week of it. It's over. Uh, this yeah. is this is a I mean look, now Let's it's shift here for a second. They, do they have the talent on this roster to get by without going and grabbing one of the vets that are out there? I'm not saying that they're they're great. I mean, there's some big names that are out there available, DeMarco Murray, so, Adrian Peterson. But, I mean, those guys aren't going to step in and be your bell cow. We saw like, that with AP, uh, with, with him last season. He's not going to consistently carry the ball. And he doesn't – I mean, he's older than when he was uh, doing things for the Vikings. So what what do the Redskins do now? Well, there's another you. name that you didn't bring up, which was the Redskins' last thousand-yard uh, rushing running back, and Alfred Morris. I mean, I'm all about Alfred Alf. I, I would welcome him back in a second, but he's still not the guy. I mean, he got his thousand yards, and and you got to look at that, you know, in hindsight and say he a got good a chunk of it. Yeah, a good yeah. chunk of it was due to the offense that was being run at the time with the right. Shannies and and RG3. It was a little gimmicky, but yeah, I mean, he was he was a good dude. I, I'd welcome him back in a second. But he's also not going to run the ball for you 15 times and get you anywhere. What what's right. going to happen? What's going to happen? And I was telling LP this is Gruden is just going to revert back to pass first Gruden, and you have to hope that Jordan Reed stays healthy, and you're going to get the Jordan Reed, Chris Thompson check down, uh, pass happy offense that that Gruden is capable of calling. I'm not taking away from Gruden. He's a talented coach and a great play caller, and he can. Make it work where you don't have to de- depend on the run game because we've had to for his entire tenure here. But, I mean, that's what's going to happen. You, before you go and try to bring in a veteran, we're just going to say what we have is good enough. And then you go from wanting to run the ball more because you have guys to, all right, it's back to what we do, which is pass happy. Well, I don't think... Look, I think I think there's there's a number of problems here. There's a number of problems on this roster. I mean, we saw that I think a little bit yesterday too. Yesterday we saw what happened uh, when they couldn't run the ball, right? And and look at the larger picture here. They were up uh, what seventeen three at halftime. And I know it's a preseason game and we're not supposed to put a lot of weight in it, but you look at this holistically here. I mean, the, I think this is I, I think for like team morale purposes, I think this is a big deal. I think for the 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 actual unit, the actual running backs unit. I think this is a big deal, obviously, for for Alex Smith and what he was anticipating and what he's been preparing for. Now, training camp has been a disaster in and of itself because they haven't been they haven't actually done a whole lot of training in training camp. But you got to think here, like I, I just don't see how they move forward without bringing in an, an, a veteran piece that's serviceable. Maybe maybe not 15 carries a game. Maybe maybe it's eight to ten, and let the just let the wheels fall off. Kind of. I don't I don't think but it's going to be Demarco. I'm a big Demarco guy. Joe. 
but they got to do something. Well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Like I said, there's there's two serviceable Chris Thompson replacements that are on the roster now. You got to hope that Samaj P. Ryan or Fat Rob can step up and take the number two slash number one role. And I don't see why why not. Because I don't think going out and getting a DeMarco Murray or going out and getting an Alfred Morris is better than what you have in-house. You take what you have in-house, you try to build something with Samaj P. Ryan or Fat Rob and see who can take well, that first of all, let's let's just clear let's just clear that up. Sorry, P Ryan's not going to be the man. He fumbled yesterday. He's shown that he puts the ball on the ground too many times. And Fat Rob, before he got injured last season, yeah, I, I don't was buy that. doing a serviceable job. I don't buy P. that. P Ryan P Ryan will not outshine Fat Rob. Yeah, I, I like. I mean, if it's between I, those I two, it's gonna that, be Adrian. it's gonna be Rob. Rob, Rob Kelly's gonna be the number one. You got to think they're yeah. gonna run him. Probably you'll probably get the first eight touches of every game before anyone even comes on, right? As far as like an actual running back role, not a not an H back, not a not a split wide, not a Chris Thompson type thing. Um so and he and and I actually agree with LP here. He was serviceable and did a good job until he got injured. So I'm on board with that. I'm fine with it. But he got injured, right? And that was the big hope. Like I know I know DG had some injury issues as well, but the hope was he was healthy and damn he he showed some flash that we haven't seen. FP made that point earlier. You got to have that change of pace guy, right? We know that that Rob is not that guy, and we know for for the most part, Chris Thompson. I'm not gonna say he's a one trick pony because he's really good at that one trick, but he's. I mean, if you can, if you're gonna zero in on him, and you will have an opportunity to do that, he's gonna take shots too. Like, I understand what you're saying that you can move him, you can get, you try to squeeze a little bit more out of Chris Thompson, but they're gonna need another body, right? The idea was you would have Geis plus Fat Rob plus. Maybe Samaje, and you would still have Chris Thompson, right? You would you would always no, be fresh. I, I don't think you can go into the season with more than four. The, I think the Redskins' plan was always four receivers, and they were going to try to either release or maybe get like a seventh round pick for either a Fat Rob or Samaje Ryan. How bad is it that happen anymore? How bad is it that we went from maybe a seventh round pick to okay now you're our starter? That's well, that's why this is so oh, horrible. That, that's that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I, I like this is the NFL is P. You saw Cleveland got rid of their 15 overall pick from two. That's how trades work in the NFL. It's not you're not getting comp for comp value, right? You're you're getting rid of somebody who you were going to cut, and you know trying to get something out of it. But they well, I, I think that's a little bit at this point. That's hearsay to me. Like I, I think they got to look at what they. I mean, if you're in that locker room today and you're getting ready for afternoon practice or you're going into film study or whatever it is that they're doing right now. Like this is this has got to weigh on you. Like this, there was a lot of potential and hopes and dreams and blah 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 pinned specifically on on guys, right? So you know, even on Twitter right now, you got guys like Chris Thompson saying like we we had something special and I'm tearing up and blah blah blah. And and I I don't think that's lip service, man. I really do think that like he was a and I, I tweeted this a little bit ago. I think he was a, a phenomenal draft pick by the Redskins. Okay, you got to give him full credit, and he's been nothing short of exceptional both on and off the field since he got here with the fans, with with his teammates, like saying all the right things and practicing his ass off. So, you know, we can. I'm not going to pump the brakes on the curse stuff because this is just so Redskins that it's impossible to ignore it. You know, but last week, our, our number one pick was in a boot or was coming out of a boot. And, and yesterday you have more injuries, right? It, it, like... I mean, I know all the people out there that are like, oh, preseason is a waste of time. They're, they're, it's an echo chamber, and I'm listening loud and clear, and I, I'm always in agreement with them, but nothing seems to change. I mean, coaches still need to see what they got. 
And I this is the part I don't understand. And maybe you guys can shed some light or help me understand it. If you're Jay Gruden or any NFL coach for that matter, why wouldn't you play your starters, your your first team guys for the last like two possessions of the fourth game as opposed to the first two possessions of the first game? Like I don't I don't get it. Like just evaluate yeah, but Gruden the, didn't do that. I know, I know, but generally, I know, but generally speaking, generally speaking, why wouldn't you use the fourth game as your as your like final tune up to prepare for the season, and not like and evaluate the other players and whatever earlier on? Like I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand this. Like you have to trim the rosters. Yeah, I, basically, I completely in a week. understand it because if you go fourth game, then you're leaving one week in between game four and or maybe a week and a half between game four and week one. So you do third game and second game because if something happens, then you you give you're giving yourself three weeks. I, I but I also I've I've changed on this a little bit over the past few years because I used to be the type of guy that said you know preseason stupid RG three gets hurt everyone gets hurt right and it's and it's true people get hurt in preseason, but I also now believe that if they didn't get hurt in preseason, they would have gotten hurt in week one of the regular season. Like Darius guys got hurt so, on a play that had nothing to do with the offensive line. It had nothing to do with, you know, it wasn't like a, a bad hit or anything like that. It's just the luck of the game, and that's that's where it fell, and he got injured. So whether to say if he was playing in preseason or if he was playing in week one of the regular season, it could happen either way. And at some point, NFL teams got to be looking at this bigger picture and saying, well, 25% of our roster is going to be on IR at some point. Let's build in depth. Yeah, but hold on. But, but now sure you're saying, now you're saying he go. got injured in the first preseason game, so it was like – a one hundred percent chance he was going to get injured in the first real season, uh, you know, regular season game. That, that's come on, man. That's not true at all. No, I'm not. Say, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's a chance that that could have happened, anyways. Yeah. Well, it, okay, it but it would have happened when it mattered. Like it would have happened Bridgewater when he was tore, playing for something. Teddy Bridgewater tore two of his knees. It was just walking backwards out of a, a snap. Listen, right. Listen, so things like so, that happen. Yeah. So the question, the question is, and and let's let's do this instead of the preseason regular season talk. You need to go into back into the collective bargaining agreement and see why coaches can't coach their players and have their players hit and have their players do old school type of football practices where they're getting used to being hit and and getting better at at landing after tackles and and getting harder and and stronger and, and faster and all that stuff. The way that they've been playing football up until the up until the NFL is regular practices, two-a-days, hard-hitting, smash-mouth practices, and then you go and you play your game. But what's happening now is you're spending all week, all two weeks, all off-season, not really hitting each other, and then all of a sudden you go into a preseason game and everybody's licking their lips and chomping at the bits to hit another player that they hit, and boom, you're injured. I mean... Why, why not fix CBA? Why does it have to be fixed preseason or fixed regular season or, or something uh, like that? I mean, yeah. I mean, and obviously this is beyond – like no because one's asking no one's asking the DTC stuff. boys about how to fix anything. But, I mean, this is – it just sucks. Like I don't know how else to describe it. Like, I mean, I would imagine this is what – what every team feels like when they lose somebody, Bridgewater is a good example. I'm trying to I'm trying to pull some of the other guys that went down in the preseason the last couple of seasons. I know there's there's always one or two that go down. I get it. Uh, I think Jordy Nelson I think is is one that went down in the preseason. I think I got I got to fact check myself on that one. But you know what do the Redskins do from here? I mean, well, let's talk about the game itself. Uh, aside from the guys' run and injury, 
we saw what the rest of our division is somewhat capable of. The Cowboys, I think we're, we all agree, I think we're all down on the Cowboys. Overall, I think they're going to be far worse than they've been in the last couple of, I mean, far worse than they were two seasons ago, and pretty much maybe on par with what they did, uh, with what they were last year. The Eagles are, are the defending champs. I think they improved a smidge, um, but frankly, they're the team that everyone's chasing. The Giants, man, the Giants got a, a true running back in Saquon Barkley, and what he did yesterday was, I'll tell you, like watching him, he, I, I know this is this may sound a little sacrilegious, but he kind of looked like Barry Sanders to me. Like he's got those fast feet, like he, like lily pad, he, the lily yeah. pad, like quick movement, like shaking and shimmying, like that. I immediately thought of Barry Sanders, and that's it's kind of crazy, looks but immediately like a Hall of Famer. <laughs> in his first preseason game, he just looks like that's the type of career tra- trajectory he's going to have. Yeah, I mean, he just he just looked good. So we know the rest of the, le- the the rest of our division at least is improving. What did you guys see out of the Redskins in particular yesterday? Because you know they had a nice little lead in a game that didn't matter. They couldn't score after halftime. Um, you know, what did you guys see? I mean, who's hot? Who's not? Who impressed you? Um, what did you see? Just give me your your quick game notes here. Cole McCoy, uh, hot. Tim Settle, hot. Uh, Sean Dion Hamilton, hot. Uh, not hot. Um, what's the the doofus's name? That's the third quarterback. Uh, Kevin Hogan. Hogan, garbage. Uh, yeah, garbage. Um, I'm gonna say Troy Apke, garbage. Um, I didn't see much from Fabian Moreau. I would have liked to see more. Um, Greg Stroman actually did okay on um, on defense. Uh, punt returning was good there. Um, and then uh, on the other side, hot again, I'll, I'll go back to Mo Harris. I think he's pretty much now a lock to make the roster. And then the the young boy from uh, from Alabama who's undrafted um, looked pretty sharp. I'm going to keep it simple. Defense looked hot uh, when, when the majority of our starters are out there to start the game. We looked good. Uh, Ioannidis with the sack looked good. Um, the the whole defense as a whole, they look ready to not repeat any of the mistakes they made last year. Um, when you got into the depth towards the end of the game, you saw sloppy coaching, sloppy football IQ, sloppy tackling. Um, but that's to be expected from your third and fourth stringers. Uh, but starting defense definitely looked very strong um, and very, very, very capable of stopping the run, which is the most important um, aspect. For offense, I'm not going to even rate them because none of the starters are out there. Great. Our second team looked good. Cool. I Okay. Let me see Alex behind Trent throwing a, to, to read, and then I'll tell you what I think. But right now, it's good that depth, that our depth looks not handicapped because clearly we're going to need it this year. I mean, I was super impressed with Tim Settle. That's just my yes, like absolutely. My, my initial absolutely. like my initial like thought was like, "Whoa, that's a, that's a big boy. <laughs> that's a big boy and he can move." And there's a couple other big boys that are up there with him. So, he he l- just looked impressive. Like he didn't look like the guy that we drafted a couple a couple months ago. I mean, did ever did anyone else find themselves kind of thinking the same thing? He just looked like big and very aware of where he was. Yeah, he looks I, like the the weight concern that people had initially of him is under control and will be under control that much more come regular season. He's a big boy. There's no doubt about that. But I think he'll be playing most of the nose tackle snaps 
even come week one. I think uh, Deron Payne kind of moves over to the edge, and it's just a defensive line by rotation. But I think that's a, I think that's a good thing. I think that makes that's the defensive line. I think that makes the defensive yeah. line significantly better, and then it allows guys like 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 what Ziggy Hood and uh, and McGee to. I mean, not to say that they're going to not be starters, but if if that's what you got coming in to spell your, I mean, that's a young defensive line that I think everybody, even in light of the DG injury, can be like, hey, this is going to be a pretty good defense, and at minimum, going to be really fun to watch. I mean, am I misreading that? Because that's what I saw yesterday. No, I mean, honestly, right now, you, the way the front the front line looks on defense, I would equate it to the Legion of Boom or whatever that garbage was in Seattle when they had that young core that was just shutting down offenses. I would give that to us, but the front half of our defense right now, because you have a young core that they just look, if they start clicking and, and feeding off each other, nothing is getting through them. I, I there mean, was a concern, though, with uh, outside linebackers, and I we think we've brought this up so many times, but I didn't really see much from them yesterday. Um, I know Kerrigan and Preston weren't playing, but um, McPhee and Ryan Anderson and um, Robertson, I mean, nothing that stood out from either of those guys. Well, so the, the, hope, the hope is going to be that your line is getting – so much pressure and, and, and attacking instead of reacting so much so on defense that your outside linebackers don't really have to, to be highlight reels. They just kind of play contain and keep everything in the middle so that the line does their job. I mean, that's, that's your hope. You don't want them dropping. No, so there's a certain guy that's without a job right now who played for the Redskins last year. And I would love to have him back. Hold on. Are we supposed to guess? Hold on. I don't have a guess. Who do you who do I you mean, want to who do you want to have Peter back? Nah, uh, uh, hmm, you uh, can't tell me he's not better than Pernell McPhee or uh, Ryan Anderson right now. Or it depends uh, on what I have to give up to get him. Name. And that's the honest truth. He he's a free agent. You give up a minimum veteran salary. No, someone's not going to make the team. Someone's not going to make the team yeah. so he can come play. Right? I, right. I'd rather have Dottie personally. Give Robertson. Ah. There's so many back end guys that. Look, do you, so look, um, do you think it's worth the investment? But at that position, but at that position, a vet like Martel Spate may not make the roster, right? Right. Am I, am I right? right? Yeah. No, you're so right. So they have they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of depth at linebacker across the board. That's a yeah, nice thing to have. Charles plays inside. I mean, you can't. Uh, they're they're not interchangeable. I know they get grouped together, but they're not really interchangeable. Right now, at outside linebacker, you have probably four. Right. And what we had last year was like six that were all on the field playing. Now you're at four guys. Two of them are completely unproven. And so you're left with uh, Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith. And what happens when one of them needs to take a playoff? Yeah, that's fair. I, I get it. I get it. You're going to, I get yeah, it. But, but, but really <laughs> that's not a concern when it comes to the defense as a whole. Okay. So they have to take a playoff. Ideally they're never going to be on the field for more than three plays at a time. So, well, what happens when those three plays are right before the first, uh, the end of the first half, or the uh, start of the second half, and the other team drives down seventy yards in thirty seconds? Well, once look, again, so let's just stay on the linebacker. Let's stay on the linebacker thing for a second. Um, uh, Sean Hamilton, Sean Dion Hamilton, um, had a phenomenal game, right? Ten tackles, I think he recorded overall. This was a kid that if he didn't get injured at Alabama, probably maybe a third round pick, right? 
if he, I mean, is he good? I know it's a preseason game, but tackles are still tackles, and he's still tackling grown men that are running at him. That was a really impressive performance from him, too. Do you guys think he makes the roster? I think he does. I think he should. I think he's a lock to make the roster just because he's a pick. Depends a lot on his other games. Well, no, they did not draft him to play this year. They drafted him to play maybe in two years when Zach Brown's contract is up or maybe when Mason Foster's contract is up. So I don't think they bring him in as a 2018-2019 a, a starter. I think they bring him in as a project player but, who's I mean, really on, good, but, who needs to get healthy. And uh, But he looked, he, he looked, he, I mean, he looked like a second or third round pick yesterday. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not, he could, he could absolutely become a 2018 player if he does the same performance he did against the Patriots for the next three games and keeps having an amazing practice or offseason or training camp, then, yeah, why why would you not put him in? I mean, 10 tackles yeah, is a big he's number. He's not going to start over Mason Foster, and he's not going to start over Zach Brown. Right. But no, he but doesn't, those are also two players that are injury-prone, so I would give him a roster spot. And I would over. argue – I agree with FP, and I would argue that he could he could, in limited snaps, could outshine both of those guys. Right, this this could end up being like a a, a fuller situation at cornerback where you see yeah, enough. Very true. You see enough like spark to say, let's get it, let's run him out there a little bit more. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, let's pump the brakes a little bit because we saw that from like Nico Marley last year in preseason. That's your boy. Uh, you wanted to lecture Bob us Marley's about how he was going to. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Very where good. is he now? He's not even in the NFL. Well, that's but that's why we're saying if if he does this for the next three games and he looks just as impressive as he did against the Patriots. Yeah, I think you got to give him a shot. Let him. I think you're right. His ceiling is very high. Yeah. So let's let's put a bow on this with a with a final question here. If the skins go outside, if they go grab somebody off the street to come in and play running back for the team, who do you think it would be and why? Or who would you want it to be and why? Or maybe both. Who would you think it would be? Who would you want it to be? Who? I mean, can can somebody refresh my memory of like what the most realistic options are out there? Besides Adrian Murray, Peterson, DeMarco Murray, Alfred Morris, uh, Orleans Darkwa. Yeah, Orleans. Orleans is a little bit. I mean, he had very limited success, like no success, but very fast, very very fast. I'm pretty sure I traded for Orleans in fantasy last year. <laughs> Probably the worst move of my uh, fantasy career. Yeah. All right, I'll go. I- will go i will say that i want the redskins to do nothing and i want them to continue in-house i think you have your best options with you right now um if you do end up going out of the uh out of in-house i think the best option has got to be um demarco murray i don't think alfred morris we saw what alfred morris does in jay gruden system and it didn't work very well mm-hmm. uh, i like him as a player but he's just he's not a gruden system running back I think Adrian Peterson is uh, way past his prime, and I don't think he's got any, really anything left in the tank. Like you said, Orleans Dark was is a project at best, and we have enough projects on the team. There's also guys like Andre Ellington. I don't think he was signed by anyone at this point, I think. I think he's a free agent, too. I mean, now we're getting into, like, I mean, this is these are, like, I mean, these are names that you would know from fantasy football, not from actually watching them, <laughs> right? Okay. And, and you got to think, are these, are these better really than in-house options, right? Shane Vereen's an intriguing one, but he's not hes not an every-down back. I mean, Jamal right? Charles and, is an interesting one, isn't he? Like, Jamal Charles is three seasons off of uh, leading the NFL in rushing. 
But Jamal Charles is also kind of like a Chris Thompson body. Or I know, I know LP, but that. they're gonna they need like they actually need bodies, right? They need like Eddie Lacy. They need someone who can actually well, Eddie Lacy is a bad example. I was gonna say someone who holds on the ball and fall forward. But sure. I mean there there's I mean there are some players out there that I mean there's uh, what Danny Woodhead, Jamal Charles. There's that big boy from San Francisco. CJ uh, CJ Spiller. San Diego. Um CJ what a fantasy bust that guy was. But look <laughs> I mean a guy like Brandon Oliver who's like seven feet tall. I th- although I thought he was claimed by someone last week. I uh, yeah, I don't think he's I mean the more we talk about these names, the more I'm inclined to say I like the LP route here. You 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 put Fat Rob back into that um that pole position. You start having him practice, make sure he understands the coverages so so Alex Smith can stay upright. Um, you he can't he's not going to be the guy that's going to sell your play action. He, his hands are, are kind of I mean he's not that's not his skill set. But that being said, the Redskins weren't terribly unsuccessful without a guy like DG. I mean, it's basically the same running back core from last year, and that core when it was healthy, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't very he, good, but it wasn't terrible. Fat Rob was rushing well last year until he got hurt before the it was before the Kansas City game like he ran all over Oakland you're right and I think this is actually where like if there if we ever wanted to circle back and and find a way to bring Kirk Cousins into a podcast about you know the Redskins when he's not on the Redskins roster anymore this is it I think this is where the Redskins benefit tremendously from having Alex Smith on the roster and not Kirk Cousins I think this is where a 14-year vet can step in and say even like literally play by play this is what I'm seeing this is what I need you to do random yeah, running back guy. I agree with that. Um, I think he can still command like the, the the discipline and the focus out of the players because he's been there. I mean, I, I'm sure he's upset too, but like this is one of those moments where we can say advantage Alex uh, over Kirk, in my opinion. But again, you, I mean, this goes back to what I initially started saying. We're probably going to treat this bigger than Gruden is. Gruden is just going to be like, all right, back to passing. I mean, it that's just a Gruden default, right? Like, he's just going to go back to his passing tree and, and call on his passing plays. And, well, and if the and running game works, and cool, I'll stick with it. But he's not going to – I don't think game planning is going to be – the first 25 players are going to have that many runs in it. I think you'll have maybe seven, eight runs right at the start. If you get something going, I'll keep calling it. But once you fail or if you fail – that's it. We're done. We'll, we'll uh, decode. That's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for disaster. If that's the game plan going into week one, then uh, prepare yourselves for three wins. I mean, that, that's been Gruden's MO his entire time here is pass happy, pass first. That's what he did in Cincy. But he may not have to do that this year. He may the, not have right? to. Because the, the defense is going to be much improved. So no, I agree. He won't need to saying, go out and get 30. He, he may be able to win some of these games with, like, 18 19, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. I'm just saying, if you're Gruden, it'll be hard to not so de- default back into pass mode. All right, absolute last question here. How many wins do the Redskins get in light of this recent news, assuming everything stays the same? Everybody, stay, everybody stays healthy the entire season from this point forward. The Redskins win how many games, FP? Just had to knock on wood there. Uh... I would say this all in all, if everybody stays healthy, will cost you one to two games. So instead of a 10-win season, I think you get closer to a 500. Okay. LP. Mm, Man, I would say that's a really tough question because I think a lot of our offense was predicated on the success of the running game. 
And based on what you saw yesterday with Fat Rob and P. Ryan, I'm not sure the, the running game is going to be that successful. I think this sets you back uh, two to three games. I think you're at seven, eight wins on a good side, maybe nine. But um, I was also the guy who was predicting, you know, 11 plus wins just a week ago. <laughs> uh, you sound like a Redskins fan. You sound like a Redskins fan. Any final thoughts, guys? This news sucks. There's yeah, no terrible. There's no, you know, silver lining about it, right? There's Try one. To there's one. Something. There's one silver lining here is that if they go the Gruden route as FP is predicting, they got. I mean, what, based on what we saw, they got some depth at at uh, wide receiver as well. I mean, they got some guys that can get down the field and catch the ball. So, um, with or without with or without Doxon. Um but I mean, I they're gonna have to do something. At, at minimum, at minimum, you know, Rob knows the offense, you know, and that's that's a big that's a big plus. Like I, I don't want to understate that at all. But there is some serviceable talent out there uh, on the free agent on the free agent side. I don't know if I would necessarily take any of them over a guy that we have. But let's say Fat Rob goes down in week two or three, and it's going to be a two or three week miss. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them bringing in a guy like Demarco Murray. Personally, I think he's the best of the bunch that's out there. Um, we saw it with Tennessee. Like he doesn't need like AP needs. 10 to 15 carries to find his groove and maybe, maybe do something. Although he did nothing last season. DeMarco's a guy who legitimately can get one touch and go 70 yards and then sit out the rest of the game. So, um, well, now I'm thinking about it a little bit more. Let me say this. All these running backs in the running back room up until yesterday or up until this morning knew that they were going to be somewhere between three and off the team, right? No one thought they were going to overtake Chris Thompson's role as the number two and Geis is number one. Now you've created a room that has a little bit of competition. Maybe now the Samajes or the Fat Robs or the Capri Bibbs or Byron Marshall work a little bit more on their game and can prove something the next three weeks. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, we found someone who can step in. Or maybe we're the Packers without the talent. Right or where we have to get somebody to well, running a wide receiver to run the ball. Their wide receiver did pretty well running the ball. I don't. I don't think we have for a wide fan, receiver. In, all. For uh-huh. fantasy purposes, maybe you want. Not, you guys want my real. final. You guys want my final thought after listening to all the garbage you guys just spewed out. No, we don't. Thank, uh, we actually thank, don't thank, listen to thank God, hockey starts in October. Go Caps! <laughs> Great. <laughs> all right, boys. Thanks for jumping on the emergency pod to talk Darius guys. Out for the season for those that are somehow missed it in the first uh, 30 minutes of the podcast. Guys, out for the 2018 season. See you next year, big man. Um, but there's still some promise on the roster at other positions. We'll see what they do about about running back specifically in the coming weeks. Overall, Redskins, not the best performance against the Patriots, but all that pales in comparison to Darius Geis being, going down with an ACL injury out for the season. Uh, for LP and FP, my name is Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Steve, if you're out there listening, we'd love to have you back on the show at some point. And we probably should because the Nats are on a little bit of a heater themselves going, I think, 10 of 15. And they're currently up against the Cubs as well. So in a game that they must have. So lots of th- lots of things happening in D.C. sports. This has been a Friday show. Usually these are weekend recap shows, but the news was just too big to not come on and talk about it. So For the team, for the whole DTCT team, thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate it. As always, find us on social media. Darius, guys, if you're listening, get healthy. We'll see you next year or on the sideline. We'd love to talk with you and pick your brain about what you see. For the boys, this has been DTC. We are out.